Squeeze Kids! It's your daily news fix. Fun, free, fresh. Hello there, and welcome to a very special Squiz Kids Q&A, part of our ongoing series of interviews with people in the news, where you, the kids of Australia, get to ask the questions. I'm Bryce Corbett. Today, we're delighted to welcome to the Squiz Kids hot seat, Australia's best-known maths teacher and ABC Me TV host, Eddie Wu. For almost 10 years, Eddie has built up a loyal following of fans, both inside and outside his high school classroom. You've probably come across his extraordinarily popular WooTube channel, with its one million subscribers and counting, or read his excellent book, Woo's Wonderful World of Maths. Or if not, maybe you've seen him hosting the totally cool Teenage Boss TV show on ABC Me. He's the man who has single-handedly put the fun back into maths. He makes algebra awesome, times tables terrific, and has an enthusiasm for numbers that is just infectious. Eddie Wu, welcome to Squiz Kids. Bryce, thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. It's so exciting to have you here in the Squiz Kids hot seat. Although I have to say, I feel like the tables have turned a little bit, given that you're the teacher. I feel like you should be asking the questions, and yet you're the one that's going to be answering them today. Are you ready to be grilled by the kids of Australia? Uh, look, I'll do my best. I've got to say, I'm familiar with that feeling sometimes when I've got to go speak to the principal at my own school just to have a chat with him. Um, I get that feeling that every kid does when they're outside the principal's office and like, oh no, what have I done to get myself here? Wait a second, I came here myself to ask a question. So no, don't worry. I think we're on very equal footing here, Bryce, and looking forward to tackling these brilliant questions. Excellent. Let's jump straight in then. The first question comes to us from Alexandra in Canberra. Hi, Eddie. My name is Alexandra. I'm seven years old from Canberra. My question is, what is it about maths that makes your heart sing? There's a lot of different things that I love about maths, Alexandra, but I think if I had to pick one, it's that maths is a bit like a pair of glasses for me. I've worn glasses since I was 12 years old, and I literally, if I take them off, the whole world is kind of blurry and fuzzy, and I squint to try and see things, but it can be quite hard to make out, like, oh, which face is that? Or why is that happening? I can't see it clearly. And maths is a way to understand the world and to see um, what makes things tick, what are the patterns underneath it? You know, we're all living through difficult times with COVID-19, the coronavirus has really made us all question what normal life looks like. And the way that we can understand the spread of this virus and, and also how we're successfully fighting it, the way we do that is through mathematical models that help us understand where the virus is going and how we can stop it. So for me, that's a really wonderful and powerful thing. And I think that's why maths makes my heart sing. Oh, what a wonderful way to look at the world. Everything through a mathematical prism. The next question, Eddie, comes to us from Sienna in Bond Beach, Victoria. Hi, Eddie. My name is Sienna and I'm 11 years old from Bond Beach. My question is, do you have any strategies that you use to make maths fun? Oh, Sienna, the first thing I want to say before I answer your question is I have a lot of sympathy and empathy for you, actually, because I found maths boring when I was going through school too, around your age. I sort of thought to myself, 
oh, why do I have to do all these number crunching and like times tables? And I didn't really see the point. So maybe here's a couple of suggestions for you. The first thing is that I think we all find things more enjoyable when we're better at them. Sometimes we tackle things that are really tough and we're not quite ready for them. We need more support or more time. So I think being able to develop what us teachers like to call fluency, when you feel comfortable with ideas, that's when you can actually make them enjoyable. That's, that's my first suggestion. And the other one is to maybe, if you're having trouble bringing maths to fun, maybe bring fun to maths in that a lot of the games that we enjoy playing, like I play a lot of board games with my kids, with my family, and pretty much every board game out there, whether it's Monopoly or Ticket to Ride or Settlers of Catan, they all actually have mathematics deeply woven into them if you have eyes to notice them. So I guess I would encourage you to play lots of games, maybe you know get a Rubik's Cube or something like that out, and there's lots of fantastic mathematics to explore in those things that we actually enjoy. There you go, excellent advice. Now we have a question from Grace, who lives on Kangaroo Island in South Australia. Hi Eddie, my name is Grace. I'm 10 years old from Kangaroo Island. And my question is, have you noticed a difference in how boys and girls understand maths concepts? Ooh, this is an interesting one. I've been teaching for more than 10 years now. And so I've taught a lot of boys and a lot of girls. I've only ever taught in co-ed schools where boys and girls all mixed together. And I guess the short answer to your question is, no, I haven't noticed a big difference in how boys and girls process maths concepts in terms of how they understand the ideas or try and solve problems. But I will tell you, I have noticed a bit of a difference between how boys and girls sometimes respond to mistakes. In maths, it's really important to make mistakes. It's how we learn things. We try an idea, it doesn't work out. The solution might not be what we expected or what we wanted. And then we have to go back and try again. And one of the things that makes a great mathematician is that ability to say, oh, I got it wrong, but that's all right. It doesn't mean that I'm bad at maths. It doesn't mean that this problem is impossible. I just need to try again. And I find that sometimes boys and girls will do that in different ways. So I encourage everyone, boys and girls, to really make sure in my classes, I like to say, embrace your mistake monster. It can be a bit scary at first, but all it really wants to do is chase you down, give you a hug and help you learn something. That's what it's really for. So I think that's probably the one thing I would say, which maybe is a difference. I love the idea of a mistake monster. I feel like I have one <laughs> sitting beside me every hour of the day. It's a brilliant concept. <laughs> Same here, Bryce. The next question comes from Finn in Sydney. Hi, Eddie. My name is Finn. I am eight years old from Sydney. My question is, what is your favourite number and why? Wow, I, I have a lot of difficulty answering this question, team, because um, <laughs> favourite number is a bit like, like favourite song, for example. Like, it changes from week to week. So I'll tell you what my favourite number is right now, because there's a recent one I've been really interested in. Get ready for it. Here it comes. It's 1,056,006. And you might say, Eddie, what, what kind of a random number is that? What's that about? And I live in Sydney. And so one of the most famous buildings in the world is very close to where I live. And that's the Sydney Opera House. And some people don't know this, but the Sydney Opera House, it's, it's white, but it's not painted white. It's actually covered in tiles, hundreds of thousands of tiles. In fact, 1,056,006 tiles was the number they created to tile that very beautiful building. So currently, that's my favourite at the moment. That's awesome, isn't it, when you think about it? And did that have, was there a mathematical reason for that, or that was just how many fitted on the design? Yeah, there are some beautiful equations that give us um, that particular number, and the reason why Jorn Utzon, the architect, came up with this tiled design was he wanted people to be able to look at the very 
smooth curved sails and to be able to see the light reflecting off it at different angles it's part of why everyone around the world says the building is so beautiful so that just makes it even more of a reason for it to be my favorite number there you go see patterns in the opera house as well let's go to canberra now our nation's capital where nine-year-old archer has a question actually he had a lot of questions and this is one that we chose it's about your tv show teenage boss Hi Eddie, my name is Archer. I'm nine years old from Canberra. My question is, at what age do you think kids should start helping to manage money? Archer, I'm so glad you enjoy the show. We had a lot of fun making it. Uh, this is a tricky question to answer because it's sort of different for everybody. Uh, if you've watched the show a fair bit, you'll know every boss we have on is a different age. And I think, you know, people are sometimes attuned to the importance of managing money at different ages. And, that, and that's totally fine. It's not like, oh no, I've, I've hit age 11. I need to really understand how dollars and cents work. We all hit that spot at different times. So I guess what I would encourage in terms of that age question is, probably the best age is when we all start thinking ourselves about spending money. I'm not sure, maybe that's you, you've already thought about some item you'd really love to save for and you'd think, oh, mum, dad, whoever it is, can I have that? Can I buy it? As soon as you start asking a question like that, it's time to start talking money. And in terms of best strategies, I guess my first suggestion is to, to have a plan. If you are saving up for something, maybe it's like a, you know, a $200 bicycle or something that's really exciting. You need to have a plan for that kind of thing. You can't hope that one day you will end up with $200 magically appearing in your piggy bank. You've got to think about, okay, how much can I save per week? What if I do chores? Can I maybe earn some money faster? Um, and I think that's a really helpful strategy to start with when managing money. Excellent advice. Now, here's a question from Archie in New South Wales. And I quite like this question. Hi, Eddie. My name is Archie. I'm 12 years old from Nabiak. And my question is, is maths like a language, but with numbers? Archie, that is a very clever question. I have to wonder, actually, whether you've been doing some reading of ancient history because one of my favourite mathematicians, a man named Galileo, he lives in the 1600s, so a long time ago. Um, actually, one of my favourite quotes of his is that mathematics is the language with which God has written the universe, which is pretty profound when you think about it. Like we have languages to communicate ideas. If you want to speak with someone, you need to be able to have a common language so you can say, what do, what do you mean by that? Or what are you trying to say? And what Galileo was trying to point out was the shapes around us, like the, the spherical nature of a planet or the weird sort of spiral of our galaxy. Or if you throw a ball through the air, that strange sort of arch shape that it traces out, which we mathematicians call a parabola. All these ideas need to be expressed in a language we can understand, and for Galileo at least, that language was mathematics. So I think you're onto something there, Archie. Maths definitely is like a language, but it's not letters mostly, unless you're doing algebra. It is numbers that do all the talking. Wow, great question and a wonderful answer. Here's what I think is a question lots of kids will have. It comes from five-year-old Nuseba in Picnic Point, New South Wales. Hi Eddie, my name is Nuseba and I'm five years old. I'm from Picnic Point. My question is, what advice would you give kids who are struggling with math? Wow, uh, before I give you any advice Nuseba, I would say first, this is actually really normal to struggle with maths. Sometimes people think like, am I the only one who doesn't get how to solve this question or why the times tables are like this, that's actually a very common experience. I guess my advice would be to be patient with yourself. Sometimes when I'm looking at a problem and I'm just like, I, I don't get it, this is not clicking for me, I will be tempted to just give up and say, I don't have the time for this. I'd rather go and you know kick a ball and do something that's a bit easier for me. But to be patient with myself and say, 
I want to persevere and maybe ask someone else how this problem works. Maybe they can understand it and help me with it. And peers, learning from them is actually one of the best ways to be able to say, okay, maybe the teacher learned this a long time ago. They've forgotten what it was like to find this difficult, but maybe the person beside me could be able to help me. And I say that vice versa as well. If you're a person who can see someone in your class or in your family and they're struggling with maths, you can actually not just help them, but help yourself by explaining to them and sort of supporting them as they come to that understanding. And usually with me, once I've had a few different people who've explained it to me different ways, eventually one will click. And I think having that patience and perseverance is really vital to keep going. Excellent advice. A question now from class three at Snowy Valley Special School in Tumut, New South Wales. Hi, Eddie. My name is Sam. I'm 17 years old from Snowy Valley School in Tumut, New South Wales. My question is, when and where did Eddie first start seeing reoccurring patterns everywhere? I'm a little bit embarrassed to say this, but it's just true. I think the most direct answer to your question is when I started teaching. When I did maths at school, I kind of did it like a lot of people do, and I, I sort of learned enough maths to be able to pass the test so I could answer questions in class, and then I just kind of forgot about most of it. But when I had the first opportunity to actually stand in front of other students and, and try and teach them something, I realized I needed to understand it much more deeply than I had before, and I would encounter students students who would say, why do I have to learn all this algebra stuff or trigonometry or calculus? What's the point of all of these hard equations and formulas? And I would have to come up with a reason to, to motivate them. And I would have to say, hmm, maybe I need to think about you know, the mathematics that's found in sport because you love sport or the mathematics that's found in art because I've taught many beautifully artistic students who think they are not very interested in mathematics until they realize that art itself is full of maths. And so I started seeing that, I guess, in, in my adult life. And that's part of why I've written the books that I have because I wish that me from the past could have learned that lesson much earlier. And I hope that anyone who gets to read my books does realize there are recurring patterns, sometimes in the most surprising of places. Wonderful. And finally, a question from Blake in Brisbane. Hi Eddie, my name is Blake and I'm 10 years old from Sheldon College in Brisbane. My question is, if there was a world where everything was math and you had to choose between Earth and the math world, which one would you choose? Blake, that is a tough question to answer because <laughs> when, when you say that, you know, between Earth and this other planet, I mean, Earth is full of a lot of things that I love. My family's here for a start. I wouldn't want to leave them behind. But, you know, the, the more I think about this question, Blake, I wonder, I don't know if you intended this, but I wonder, Blake, if this is kind of a trick question because I kind of think that that all things maths planet... I kind of think we already live on that planet because something that I got taught uh, when I went to university, trained to become a teacher, is that there is mathematics in everything if you're willing to dig deeply enough. So I kind of love this idea that, you know, even if there's something which doesn't appear mathematical, you know, you look up at the stars and, you know, it just looks like a beautiful array of constellations up there. But actually, there's mathematics in the reasons why we see Taurus or Virgo, all these other names of constellations, the Southern Cross. And for me, I've learned enough mathematics to know that even if I don't see it at first, I just need to look a little bit closer. So I don't know if that's a cop out, Blake. I'm not trying to sit on the fence, but I kind of feel like this earth that we live on is the all maths planet. I think that's an excellent response, frankly, Eddie. And uh, it's inspired me to go and stare at the night sky tonight and uh, start uh, <laughs> employing a few equations into the mix. <laughs> 
Sadly, though, that's all we have time for today. We were going to give you a pop quiz and test you on your times tables, but we figured it's getting close to school holidays for you guys down there in New South Wales. Now, Eddie, before you go, we always give away a prize for the best question that you've been asked today by our Squiz Kids. And the prize today is a copy of your new book, Eddie Wu's Magical Maths 2, for the winner to put in his or her library. And, Eddie, I know this is tough now. You've got to choose who the winner is. Mm, This is nigh on impossible, but... You know what, Bryce? I think I've, I've, I've thought really hard, and as I've gone through the questions, I think I'm going to go with Nuseba's question about advice for kids who are struggling with maths. I just love, number one, that someone who is struggling would ask that question rather than give up. I think that shows some fantastic, that's a really great characteristic and quality to, to want to persevere. So thumbs up, Nuseba. Um, and the other thing is, I think my book actually might help you to experience maths in a different way, and I hope that that will really aid you in your struggle and help you enjoy mathematics even. So good luck with that, and I hope you have fun with it. Fantastic. Well done, Nuseba. We'll be in touch and we'll make sure we get that prize out to you. And once again, an enormous thanks to all of you Squiz Kids who sent in questions for Eddie. We had so many questions from all over the country. Every single one of them was excellent and was hugely appreciated. We would love to have had time to use every single one of them, but we just ran out of time. Eddie Wu, thank you so much for taking time to chat to us today. My absolute pleasure. Thanks, Bryce. Now, remember, folks, the Squiz Kids podcast, a daily fix of kid-appropriate news, is out at 7am every morning via the Squiz Kids website, www.squizkids.com.au or wherever you find your podcasts. This is Bryce Corbett signing off. And Eddie Wu, would you please do us the honours? Now get out there and have a most excellent day. Over and out. It's your daily news fix. Fun. Free. Fresh.